Hi, this is Addison H. from Family Affairs Sports Talk. Please subscribe to us at Family Affairs Sports Talk on Google Play and iTunes. You can also reach us at Alpha Wolf Sports on Facebook. Please enjoy the podcast. Hello. Is that Addison's voice that we hear? Knock, knock, knock. Uh oh. It, 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 I feel like we back. It, mm-hmm. Is that? Wait, hold up. Time out, time out. Let me see if we back. Montreal. Hello. Is that you on the Zoom? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> What's, What's happening? Welcome. What's Welcome to another edition. A Family Affairs Sports Talk Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Addison H., along with my co-host, Montrell. Montrell, tell the people, tell the people what's happening. What's up, everybody? What's the deal? How y'all been? Uh, hope y'all been good. Hope y'all ready for the day. Addison, how you been? Man, it's been a pandemic at you. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you said that. It's been long. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, been, yeah. A, it's been a pandemic. And um, I know, you know, we 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 uh, we both gone through some things with this pandemic. Um, we both, I think, come out a little bit stronger. If you know, tired as hell, because you know, this ain't, about to say this ain't been easy. And you know, we haven't. We've only seen each other what two or three March. times since since March. Since last March. March? I would say yeah. I would say yeah. Two, you know what? Two or three times, yeah. Yeah, man, and you know that's wild because I used to just come up to y'all house just because, like, absolutely, even absolutely. though y'all live, you know, way over the rainbow from where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, man, but um, so it is Super Bowl weekend. Um, we have uh Super Bowl. What is this? Fifty five. Gotta clap that up. Oh, you gotta clap that up. Gotta clap that up. Right. You gotta give a big shout out to the NFL, man. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to the NFL. They got this season done. Absolutely. I don't know what kind of black magic they had to work or whose soul <laughs> had to get sold to the devil. <laughs> I don't know what they had to do because there was not a single canceled game, even though we had a game played on literally every single day of the week because uh, some teams <laughs> caught COVID. And, um, but, you know, um, it for the most part, it was... Um, it went, you know, as smooth as you can reasonably act for it to move. Um, but now we have, um, the Super Bowl, Buccaneers, led by Tom Brady, which is still taking me some getting used to saying. We also have the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs, and this is gonna be a really good one, I think. Hopefully it's nothing like that, um... Patriots Rams Super Bowl we had a couple of years ago where it was thirteen three and Jared Goff's best play was a like an eight yard scramble. But so much well, what you what are you that most was looking at? That was a good yeah. game though. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I bet. 
to talk, just to say it was a good game. It was, it was a close game. I don't know about a good game. It was a defensive game. Yeah, Let's just say that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. We probably won't see that this weekend at 13-3. No, I, I doubt you will because it's simply too many weapons. Yeah, but, I agree. I agree. Um, I will say. Okay. This Bucks team reminds me a lot of those Eli Manning Giants teams that, you know, beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl, which is something that one day our children are going to think we're lying when we say Eli Manning beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, not once, but twice. Absolutely. So, um, let's see. But also, first thing we got to get this, how they get here, Trail? Tell us how Tampa um, Bay got here. Hey, uh, Tampa <laughs> Bay got here, Tampa Bay got here with a record of 11-5. Uh, they, they went on their last, I went on a seven-game win streak. Let, let's talk about that. Because, Again, they went on a seven-game win streak, and could you guess their last loss? Ooh, I feel like that last loss might have been that. Nah, was it that game against the Saints where they got blown out? No, it was the game on November 29, twenty twenty against the Chiefs. Oh, that's right, where Tyreek went crazy in the first quarter. Man, you talk about crazy two sixty nine. That, that that's. That's insane. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Like, that's insane. And they only lost. They haven't lost in two months, over two months. So, again, they have a a top 10 offense. They have a top two rushing defense. They have a top 13 defense. Uh, to me, this team, like I said, I agree with you. It reminds me of those uh, Giants teams because, again, they are on the seven-game winning streak. So, they haven't lost over two months. And their last loss – was against the team they get to play again in the same stadium. So, hey, uh, it, it, it reminded me like when the Patriots, he had to, they played the Patriots in week 17. You know, they lost by three, 38-35. Yeah. And, 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 and the Super Bowl, it happened uh, vice versa. It switched, and they, and they won by uh, three. So, yeah, this team is on the seven-game win streak, guys. I don't See, know. And, you know, and, and the thing that um, – that I've always kind of, or or not always, but like for the past few weeks, the thing that I've thought about about how they um, remind me of those 2007 Giants specifically is they didn't win the division, so they had to go, they had to win three road oh, games to get here. Right. Right. Also, they're the, there were I think what two teams in the uh, playoffs that only had to rush four to get pressure. Uh-huh. And that was the L.A. Rams, but they couldn't really do that because then Aaron Donald got hurt, and it's hard to, when your defense is based off a guy. He breaks his ribs on the D line. That's you know hard to recover from. And uh-huh. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they have like I mean, if you just look at their defensive line, start uh-huh. like off the top, you have Shaq Barrett and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh-huh. and those guys basically get pressure just anytime they want to. And just and you know, so when you have guys like that just on the edge, anytime you're on third down, especially if the Chiefs can get the uh, Tampa Bay uh, or if the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers can get the Chiefs in third and long, that right there is a problem. I agree. Like that is a that is a that is a huge problem because now you have you have Indomitian Sue coming up the middle. You got William Golston, like, still in the league, still out here. 
You got Vita Van. You got and my new favorite linebacker in the league, Devin White. Oh, oh, I shout out LSU. I knew Devin White was pretty good. I didn't know he was this. Like when I saw him in that Saints game make every single play, mm-hmm. force fumbles, recovering fumbles, interceptions. Like I mean, it is like he I is mean, a Drew fun Brees player made to watch. It easy for him now. Yeah. Drew made it easy well, yeah, easy. yeah. Like I, I made a, actually, I made a bet with the Saints fan at the beginning of the year. Yeah. He was telling me how they was gonna win the Super Bowl. I said put a hundred on it. He was like, all right, let's go, because he said so. The bet was the Saints would make the Super Bowl. Well, obviously you won twice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And my whole, my whole, my whole deal was. You can't advance in the playoffs if your quarterback doesn't throw past 10 yards. Because in the playoffs, everything, windows get tighter, defenses are better, and you know that if you're an old quarterback, the later in the year it gets, the more hits you've taken, and especially Drew Brees out here playing with like six broken ribs, it is hard. It's hard to win a Super Bowl if you are a healthy, good team. It is really hard to win a Super Bowl if you are a injured team with a quarterback who can't throw hard. Like, and when the when things break down in the playoffs, you need guys that are going to you need guys that are going to make plays and that can you know stretch the field. And if a defense as fast as Tampa Bay's is, like possibly the only defense that could in the NFL that is built to handle the Chiefs, that's a problem. Like, that's a problem. They can get pressure with four. They can keep two linebackers. They can stay in their nickel because Levante David and Devin White might possibly be the only dudes in the league that can keep up with Travis Kelsey. And I know that's your guy. So, you go ahead. You go ahead. Well, well, again, I told you, this is, this. Uh, well, this game is going to be really fun to watch Edison because, to me, really, like, Patrick Mahomes is the difference maker. Yes, he he is the difference maker. But Tom Brady is also a difference maker in the sense of getting the attention of his players, having them understand what this game, what it is in the significance of it and what it means to them. Like, you ain't getting here. You don't know if you're getting here again. You don't know. So, to me, these teams look so similar at us. Like, because uh, Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes, of course, I give them the edge. But points per game, 29.6 for KC. Points per game, 30.8 for Tampa Bay. Yards per game, 415, 8, 384, 1. Uh, 22.6 points a game for KC and 22.2 points a game for Tampa Bay. That's really similar. Like To me, that's all similar. And again, the difference You. No, no, a lot of people. But, but Draymond <laughs> Green said something specifically that really caught my eye. He said, oh, yeah, I picked the Clippers to win the championship, but in these circumstances, a bubble, I'm going to have to go with the most mentally sharp, mentally uh, 
focus player that I know, and that's LeBron James. And that's why I'm saying about Patrick, I mean, uh, Tom Brady. Like, yes, yes, man, Patrick Mahomes, oh my gosh. Like, I love Aaron Rodgers, but I know, man, this Aaron Rodgers. Like, really? So, can Brady do what he has done this whole year? Addison? I mean, well, let's talk about the playoffs. I mean, the defensive rankings that he had to beat, Washington. They had the uh, fourth-ranked defense. Uh, New Orleans had the fifth-ranked defense. And this pro football focus, too. Green Bay has the 13th-ranked defense. And I know Green Bay is probably higher on ESPN and NFL.com, but this pro football focus. And uh, Kansas City just had to go up against Buffalo, which is ranked 16, and Cleveland at 21. So if you just look at it, with it being at home, ah, man, man, like, with the, what's on the line, I, 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 it's hard to go against Brady because I'm a Packer fan and I just seen what he did to us two weeks ago in the NFC, NFC Championship game. Man, I just, and I don't like him because he's so good for sure, but man, with this on the line, like with everything, all the storylines that could happen after this that's really waiting to happen, if this does happen, man, I don't see how he can lose this game. I just don't. I just don't. Well, and I think also to uh, kind of disagree with your point. Okay. All Brady, Brady hadn't really played well these playoffs. I get say In the in the NFC Championship game, he threw three interceptions. I get that. Should have been a fourth one. But, uh, I agree. Uh, and has there ever been a game where a quarterback has thrown three interceptions? That must say, you know who Tom Brady has played like uh, this postseason? Who? Jameis Winston. Okay, but can you go back to your question before that? You said, have there ever been a quarterback who's thrown three interceptions? Or yeah, but say, has there ever been a quarterback who's thrown three interceptions? And we said he played well. Oh, uh, I it, don't know. That's a good question. No, because I, I no, if you throw. Honestly, if you throw two, if you throw two interceptions, I'm saying you didn't play well. You might have thrown for a touchdown, but if you throw two interceptions, oh, okay, I'm okay, like okay, you, okay. you didn't play well. So I don't think like I, I got think, a name on the top of my toe. I got yeah, a name. Yeah, no, but, but so I don't, I, I don't think Brady has necessarily played great. Now he's he's not made the well. He I'm not even gonna say that. I'm gonna say he has made the big mistake in the big moment. The defense just bailed him out, or Aaron Rodgers bailed him out. Whichever one you wanna, whichever one you wanna say. Hey, both of them, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, um, and everybody also give a big shout out to Montrell for pretending that he got it, like he's keeping it together. Because you know, y'all know Montrell has heard about the Packers losing the NFC Championship. And look, you asking the questions. Like, I know that's why I'm going to keep straight. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. He gets paid. We lost. But also, I do think that the one, like, the not even the one big thing, the biggest thing that I think. The uh, Buccaneers can do is no big plays because if you you have to have two guys over the top at all times because Tyreek Hill yes he's the fastest player on the planet you know honestly he might be the fastest player ever to you know put on pads Miko Hardman extremely fast Demarcus Robinson extremely fast. They don't have, uh, I don't think they have Sammy Watkins. He's out for the rest of the playoff really fast. And I think that this entire 
this entire game is um, going to just be, be based on how well can Tampa Bay limit the big plays. Because in the red zone, Tampa Bay is really tough to score against because everybody is fast and their big guys are fast. Like Devin White is fast. Avante David, fast. Like they can play big and keep up with skill position players at the same time. So I think that the biggest thing that they're going to have to do is limit the big plays because that's what killed them in the first matchup. Tyreek Hill had something like 200 yards in the first quarter. So, well, in that first game, the Bucks played, well, the past couple of games, they started running, well, I want to say past seven games. They were on a seven-game run streak. They, they ran a lot of uh, two-man safety. They brought that back a lot. Now, in their first matchup, they blitzed Mahomes over 61% of the uh, snaps. So, my, my takeaways is, can that two-man safety slow that offense down? Can you double? Because like you said, they have speed all around. As it, it ain't no running from that. So you're willing to take two for Tyree, and you're willing to take two for Kelsey, right? But again, they have so much speed. And I do believe Sammy is going to play, and they just deactivated uh, Robinson. So, ah, so... And, and again, I'm not saying the two men won't work either, Edison, but I have a key. I have a person that we ain't talking about. And I got to, ooh, I got to so much to talk about with him. Because I think this is going to be my MVP. Because I do believe uh, Ty Bowles is not going to, they're not going to pressure 61% of the time. They're going to, uh, two men uh, up the top, they're going to double Tyreek and they're going to double Kelsey. And I think this guy right here, going to have a great day running because I think the offensive line, even though they got two backup tackles, I believe, they're still, uh, they're, uh, they got great chemistry. They know how to play well. They know how to protect. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has talked a lot about the guy, I think, on the uh, left side who's backing him up. Le'Veon Bell. Man. Mm. Man. I'm telling you, this is the time. This is the time right here. Where the Pittsburgh drama, the New York Jet drama, right here, you can show the people, you can make them remember who you are. They ain't forgot, but you can make them remember with a performance in the Super Bowl that you never got to have with Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and you never got to even glimpse with New York Jets. Man, I'm believing in you, uh, Le'Veon, and I think you're going to have a big game because I believe that offensive line is going to protect because they're going to be so worried about my home. They won't let them get outside, and I think that that run game is going to have a big day. I don't know if Hilarious is going to be back, but I'm telling you, maybe uh, look out for him. Well, and one thing that I will say, the Chiefs, um, of the five offensive linemen that the Chiefs would have had at the start of the season, there's only one of them that is still that is still you know wow. active. So they're so they're they're effectively starting four backups on their offensive line, wow. and one of them, um is who he was the right tackle um, last week, but with Eric Fisher's injury, he moved to left tackle. And that man is Mike Rimmers. A lot of you guys a lot of you guys probably like Addison. Who the hell is Mike Rimmers? And to to that point, some of you may think, I've heard that name before, but I'm not quite sure. Mike Rimmers was Cam Newton's right tackle and Cam Newton's heyday in Carolina. Mike Rimmers is the guy who got absolutely destroyed 
for four entire quarters by Von Miller. Mike Remmers might possibly be the worst player I've ever seen who stays on a good team and who stays playing in big games. Like, in any, like, I guarantee you, any big game in the NFL in the last 10 years, Mike Rivers has been in that game giving up sacks because that's just what happens. And so against this front four, Patrick Mahomes should expect a lot of pressure. Honestly, I feel like the Chiefs are, like, if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm looking at the Chiefs front office like, is this the best you can get me? I thought y'all liked me. Like, how much money would you give back? If you wanted Mike Rim- like if you didn't want to get somebody like Mike Rimmers, like I'd give up a couple of million to get somebody better than Mike Rimmers protecting my blind side. Nah, it's more so that you know they know each other. They really have a chemistry. Like even though he's a backup, Mahomes, he, you know, they talk about the story that they have. And you know what? Having your offensive lineman pick you back up off the ground after he gave up pressure is a good way to build chemistry. Not a great way yeah. to win games, but a good way to build chemistry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pat. <laughs> no, Pat's going to be okay. I think, again, they really have enough chemistry to where, again, they played this team before, too. They played this team. They know what to expect. They know. So, just just with knowing that, and knowing if Rick Renner is a, a backup and can he handle the pressure of, uh, uh, what's his name, Pierre Paul, we'll see. But, again, you have two backs, and, again, you have a back who's prime. Like, really, Le'Veon Bell is prime to break out this guy because he understands this is what he worked for. This is all the years in Pittsburgh. This is what we fought for. And then he gets to go up against another guy in that was with him. Oh, man, this is going to be a This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So, listen. Yes, the offensive line has a tough, and they do have a tough task because again, you have Beetle Bear coming back, who looked great against the Packers in the NFC Championship game in the second half. I mean, I think they played him the whole fourth quarter, and oh my God, he was going up against an All-Pro, the best center in the league, Corey Lindsley, and he got pressure, and that's what uh, the guys outside Barrett and uh, Pierre Paul was saying. They got a couple of sacks because the pressure inside from uh, Beetle Bear was so aggressive that. It froze Aaron Rodgers. It froze him. Like we talk about, it froze him. And it was he walked into a sack to Barry. And Barry had a great game against the Packers. So, so again, yeah, he's gonna have a great uh, he's gonna have a great task ahead of him, Render. But I believe that again, just by playing this team again, like you said, by playing them before, I believe they have a chance to really understand this defense, what they're trying to do. I told you they they rushed him, uh, they blitzed him over sixty one percent of the, those uh, snaps. And, and you see him dropping back 15 more yards, throwing dimes to Tyreek. So they don't want that to happen. They've been playing two man more, Addison. They're going to cover. They're going to cover two. Uh, they're going to cover two and drop those safety to uh, play double. And again, the run game got to have a big day. That is it. That is it. And the way they play is up and down running, uh, straight up and down. They don't really do a lot of zone running. And they have a lot of gimmicks that they can do with top. That's going to throw them off as well, the Buccaneers defense. So these boys are ready. I believe in Mahomes. I also believe in Brady. I, uh, so I'm just excited for this I game. I say it. This, this is a this is a, a game between the old goat and the young goat. Now Absolutely. let's talk. Let's talk about the flip side. We've done a lot of talking about the how the uh, Chiefs offense matches up with the Bucks defense. What about right. the uh, chi- uh, the Chiefs defense matching up with the Bucks offense? Because I, I think that, honestly, 
across the board, I'd say Tampa has the most talent. Now, Kansas City has Kansas City has the cheat codes with all the speed and the guy who throws the ball a million miles, um, you know, in the air. But Tampa Bay, like they have two really good running backs, um, three really well. Yet they have three really good receivers and Scotty Miller and two tight ends. That honestly could have been three tight ends if OJ Howard didn't have uh 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 came you know came back. And that's a really, really talented offense against a Chiefs defense, you know, at times they you know they, they will give up. They will give up a lot of yards and a lot of points. So how do you how do you think how do you think uh the Chiefs the the uh, the Buccaneers offense is gonna match up with the Chiefs defense? Well, again, I have a couple of things. I go back to their first game. In the first meeting, Addison, uh, like I said, I believe the Chiefs uh, didn't have uh, Le'Veon in the uh, – the uh, Bucks didn't have AB. Or he, it was his first game. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I don't think he will – and I don't think uh, Antonio Brown will be playing in the game tomorrow. Okay. I think, I think he's – I think they uh, shut him down. I think they, I think they're going to be in a good position their defense because they have what Pro Football Focus says the top ranked player in this game on defense in uh what's the guy's name not Frank Clark uh Jones number ninety five uh he's number two behind uh behind Aaron Donald he gets the most uh, pressure so that's a that's a uh, thing that you're going to need against Tom Brady you're going to need pressure they have Frank Clark I said uh. I, they have another guy, and he's about to get paid too. And he he did he man, he had a great game last year in the Super Bowl. He had a great game last week against I mean the last two weeks against Buffalo. I can't think of his name, but he's definitely about to get paid as well. Well, yeah, they have a guy that I like to call Charles uh, number two, really, uh, and uh, Tyron Matthew. And I say that because he's a playmaker. Uh, he is a ball hawk, really. And the key. And, and we talk about that. This is uh, actually someone else, Addison, because this is a story in the story itself. Because Bruce Arians drafted uh, Tyron Matthew, so you think it's not a lot of a uh, built up. Oh, I have to show this. Now he has a lot of respect and admiration because of mm-hmm. what he did at the time with drafting him with all the uh, legal issues going on with Tyron. So, man, this is gonna be big. I think. You, you know, you know what's you know what's kind of what, what's weird about that. Okay. Um, this is gonna be the second time we brought up Draymond Green in a Super Bowl preview, but um, you you'll, you'll see the point that I'm on. Um, Draymond, uh, he gave LeBron um on Twitter. Draymond gave LeBron a compliment. You know, talking about okay. LeBron still getting better at age thirty six or thirty seven. How old LeBron is right now? Um, and all the in I noticed. Something. All the comments are like the league is too buddy buddy. Everybody's friends nowadays. We need guys to hate each other. And you know something that kind of thought like cause I, you know me, I love a good bit of hostility and you know mm-hmm. in, in in sports, right? Mm-hmm. I thought you and I like every time, like almost every time I go over, to, I go over to y'all's place. We always bust out the Uno or some kind of board game, right? I don't know if there's anybody on the planet, whether I love them or hate them, that I want to beat more than you. And, like, 
Hey, you and you are you are my guy. You were like you were my main man, Pops and Pan. We we down like you know to the day that we die. Uh, I, I agree. Like, I is agree. there anybody that you want to lose to less than your friends? No. Yeah, I'm about to say something. Like, I don't think I don't think you need like I don't I think um having to you know hate your opponent is kind of like the more I think about it the more I kind of think that's overrated because like the people that I want to lose to least in life my best friends and my brothers. Man, like like I right, just think about that. So so I'm just so I'm just kind of I'm just kind of wondering like huh like because you know like and like you said. There's always that little extra stuff, especially with for guys that you respect. Because if there's people that you respect, you wanna you want them to respect you back, and you to what do you got to do to earn that respect back? You gotta play as best as you can, no matter what the situation is. I agree, and uh, like I said, they have uh, Fuller as well at cornerback. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have another story for you that you just said about that, and I want you to tell me what you think about it as well. All right. Uh, and they have uh, my other guy who came from Green Bay. On a, he was on a seven game. I think we signed up for seven game. I can't think of his name who actually had an interception last year. Oh, Brashad Breeland. Breeland, my bad. Oh yes. yeah, Breeland is very good. He's underrated in the sense of I believe he's twenty six or twenty seven, twenty eight. He was with Washington and Willie played good with them. He had a little bit of trouble and got in and got out of there. Man, he is underrated. This dude really can play cornerback. I'm telling you, he had a great game against, he had an interception against Tom Brady in the first meeting. Again, this will be a good game. Their defense is going to step up, led by Matthew, because, again, he's around the ball 24-7. And I also made a, a misread something, Addison. The, the Chiefs rushed Brady uh, over 61% of the time in the first meeting. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs did. And that was with Tyron. So they... So Brady's seen a lot of top runs. So my my thing is, do you want to do that again? Because he no, because after seeing sixty one percent of you uh, blitzing with him, I'm pretty sure he's going to see that. So you might want to bring it from another place. But man, 24-27, the defense stood uh, tall last time. They only gave up eighty seven or seventy five rushing yards. Now of course the total yards were four seventeen, but that's after it was twenty seven to ten. Addison, you see what I'm saying? Or twenty seven. Seven, like it was over. They already had three hundred yards of offense in the first quarter. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, this defense going to step up, man. I really yeah. do believe that. Uh, they held on to the ball uh, well enough. They only got the, the Bucks only was able to get the ball twenty three times. So, yeah, even with that, the Bucks. I mean, the Chiefs defense have a great opportunity because. If you only get he only get the ball twenty three times and score twenty four, I'm I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I'm and with and also I think that um I do think that the one out of I guess uh saving grace that the um um that the uh, Buccaneers have in this game that's different from the one that they played in November is they got down multiple touchdowns almost instantly. Absolutely. And so once you make a team like that one dimensional and you, um, you know, Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette are almost taken out of the game immediately and Tom Brady's one dimensional and now you could just like you could just go after Tom Brady and get him off of his spots. That makes that that makes it that much harder. So assuming like that the Chiefs just don't just like run out like a 14 point lead in the first quarter. 
I think Tampa, if they keep with it, oh, yes. Okay, so I'm watching the NFL Network, and the mock draft came up, and it said that the Lions are slated to get Jalen Waddle from Alabama. I'm sorry. I just got excited for a second. But, but what I was saying was, assume <laughs> – Y'all just see the look Montrell's giving me in the in the chat right now. Yeah, I'm so, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. But if the if the Bucks can have a can find a way to stay, you know, to use their entire offense, because the best way to stop the Chiefs' offense is to keep them off the field. Like we've seen that in all the games that they've lost. Like the only time I think that they've ever just been outscored was against all reason the Oak or I'm sorry the Las Vegas Raiders this past year. Like other or in the Rams in that one Monday night game where everybody scored in the fifties. Um, if Tampa Bay doesn't become one dimensional, if they can keep the offense on the field, they can run the ball and they can get into and they can get into you know second and medium, third and short kind of situations. They are like they have a shot. Like Tampa Bay is the more talented football team. I don't think that uh, we I should agree. get that twisted. I agree. Like I said, like the Chiefs have that. The Chiefs have the offense where everybody where everybody plays their role to perfection, but Tampa Bay, more talented team across the board. The only real advantage I'd say that the Chiefs have would be maybe tight end and quarterback. Now those like in in, in this game specifically, those are like some, that's a really good quarterback and a really good tight end. But Tampa Bay has the deeper team. They have more ways to beat you. Than Kansas City does, but also Kansas City has like you know the, the cheat code. They have the offense that like it's really almost impossible to stop. So, but you know I think that this game is this game is going to be decided on you know as most games are on the line. Can answer just piggyback on what you said? Like you said, I mean Bucks had fifty five total plays to seventy two for for the Chiefs. Uh, Two turnovers to one for the Chiefs. So, again, that's what it all comes down to. Rushing just got to be there to help because uh, you don't want to get out of the game fast. You do not want to go down 14 to this team. You just do not because the Super Bowl will be over there. It really will. And I understand Tom Brady knows how to come back, and I understand we don't bet against them in these type of games. But the Chiefs really have, have the Chico, and they have a guy that can just – Make anything out of nothing. Like, really? Like, they had zero penalties. And they still, like, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't don't see it. It's going to be a great game, but again, man. So, and I think... And I think to segue into something else, um, Mm -hmm. do you think it'll be a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game? I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Like I said, they their average points per game is 29-6-30. Now, three wide receivers like A.B., Mike, and uh, what's my guy, Goodwin. Mm-hmm. And, man, I don't, yeah, this is going to be a high-scoring game. And, of course, how Kansas City throws those uh those plays at you, Addison. I mean, yep. you know, it's different. It's different. Yeah, man, all the misdirection that they throw at you and – it, and the fact that every play that they run, and they have a lot of different plays they run, it seems like every play that they run has two or three different counters to that. Like, all right, well, I ran that motion to the left side now, in, you know, to the field. Now I'm going to go in the boundary to the right side. And gonna, after I do that, then I'm going to go fake the left, 
Faith the right, there's a screen to Travis Kelsey right up the middle. They have so much stuff to prepare for, and I think that that's the, you know, the, uh, the uh, of course, the brain trust of Eric Bieniemy, um, who should have a head coaching job by now, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but also, since you say it's going to be a high-scoring game, should the Buccaneers be allowed to shoot the cannons when they score? Because they are playing in their home stadium. I don't know if you guys know that. It's only been said about 50 million times the past couple of weeks. The Buccaneers playing in their home stadium. Should they be allowed to fire their cannons when they score? Uh, Addison, oh, I, I really, before, like, when we talked about the when we really brought up the question, before I was really like, yeah, like, like they, they should be able to because, uh, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you in Tampa, that's what that stadium's known for. Yeah. I understand the guidelines of neutral, and I understand what that word means, so I get it. But the reason I say yes is because I kind of feel sorry for the Buccaneers and not so Tom Brady because, uh, man, as I look in the history and if they win this game, I'm thinking to myself, man, what if they win this game? What if the reason they win this game is they score a touchdown and they blow the horn or the uh, cannon and it, it shakes everybody or it shakes the uh, Chiefs and it, and, it, and it just throws them off because they're like, man, how they get to do this? I just look and I just say, man, they deserve to be able to throw the cannon or blow the cannon because they had some horrible things happen to them before, man. And, really, <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's really why I'm saying they should. That's the only reason because I'm looking back at all the things that they've been through. And, and I don't even want to get into it, but one story. They had a guy, by a quarterback by the guy of the name Doug Williams. I know you know who that is, Addison. The great Doug Williams. Grambling State, he, shout out. Yeah, he showed them. Or they showed him. We can, we can discuss it however. But he also came back a couple years later and led another team to the Super Bowl. Shout out Super Bowl 22 MVP Doug Williams, uh, Joe Robbie, or not Joe Robbie Stadium, uh, whatever they used to call Qualcomm back in the day in San Diego. 42 to 10 over John Elway and the Broncos. We, we love to see it. It's Black History Month. And that hurts them even more. So again, I know um, to me, I do feel like the NFL won bucks in it. So even with that, why not have the fireworks of why not right. have the cannons roaring? You know, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think that gives uh, the Bucks a decided edge unless it does shake the, the, the Chiefs and be like, okay, now hold on. And they're not focused enough, but man, why not? I mean, it's, it's yeah. the Super Bowl. Now, After this great season, I think they deserve to be yeah. able to uh, blow the cannon if they can score a touchdown. And I think um, the entire point of the NFL changing the site of the Super Bowl every year is, you know, just for the just for the fact that having a neutral field. So I say, if I'm the NFL, I understand why you don't want the you know you don't want Tampa because you want you want the game to be as neutral as possible. You want you know the best team to win and all that nonsense. Comma, however, the cannon at that stadium is fun. Um, back when I was, let's see, this would have been 2003, so I would have just turned nine for my ninth birthday. My dad took me to Tampa Bay to witness the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the San Francisco 49ers in a playoff game. Um, I remember that game like it was yesterday. Corey Ivey blocked the punt. Tampa Bay won, I think, 38-9 to or 45-9, to something crazy like that. 
on their way to winning the Super Bowl. And, you know, like, I thought, and we had seats at the uh, kind of, it was in the upper deck, but it was right next, we could look over and, like, we could see all in on the pirate ship. I thought that was one of the coolest things ever. It was, like I said, it was fun. You know what else is fun? Teams going rogue. If the NFL doesn't want you to blow the cannon, who cares? Think about yeah. some of think about like I'm thinking some of the like the like the best moments in football of teams going rogue. I yeah. think of um, when Miami played Nebraska in the national championship, and this would have been like somewhat 1984, 1985, and they weren't supposed to use the smoke. What the yeah. mascot do? Got a fire extinguisher? We gonna use our smoke. Or even another college game, one of my favorite games of all time, 2007, Florida, Georgia, when Georgia, the entire team ran on the field to celebrate a touchdown in Florida's faces in the first quarter, on the first drive. Things like that, that's what make games fun. I don't really think that the cannon, like, you know, these are still NFL players, they're grown men. Like, if the Bucks use the cannon, that might, you know, you know, get them hyped. But but I I don't think think the Chiefs... Like I mean, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are too good to get shook by you know a cannon, right? Like they they heard they heard it before earlier this or earlier this season, so I don't think that's gonna really do anything. But you know, just I I appreciate fun, and the more that we've kind of gotten into you know the like the older we get, the more I want fun. And if that's you know shooting a cannon, I'm always down for that, especially if you're not supposed to do it. Oh, oh yeah, and that that would be great too, like you said, because we we've gotten a, a glimpse of uh of the 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 the, the Titans and the Ravens and their antics with the, the uh with the uh the logo on the field like yep. back in the day. In oh, that was now that now that was fun. That was wildly disrespectful, seeing, but that was fun. If if if, if they still disrespected the Chiefs by the blowing of the horn. And it riles them up, and we get more of a of a show. Like I'm all for it. I'm all for it because I believe this is going to be a great Super Bowl. Anytime Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, really, really, it's going to be good. Even the thirteen to three, that really was a great defensive battle. Two defensive teams, and again, a, a quarterback who just was ill prepared. Well, I'm going to say he's ill prepared. He just didn't have the the. Uh, uh, the, the pool really to me he didn't have the, the mm-hmm. play to where he had to get his team over that hump and, and so you see where he's at oh. now <laughs> oh but yeah uh yeah it's gonna be fun that's gonna be fun all right i, I, I hope that you find the can so um we're nearing the end of the podcast yeah. who do you want to win and who do you think will get mvp Sixth round, definitely a Hall of Famer. He's definitely going to get there. He's 
definitely going to take the T.O. route, though, to get there. But he definitely deserves to be there. So I had two MVPs, if either way. I really believe that with the way the defense of the Buccaneers are playing, which they're playing lights out, they're, uh, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to get that MVP. I think that running game is going to have a great uh, uh, day. I think he probably goes for 105 or 115 with three touchdowns. Uh, and for if the Bucks win, I really do believe if A.B. plays, he can get it. I mean, because he brings something that the Bucks needed, really, a downfield threat that can really blow the roof off a of defense. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, his, his speed is he, just amazing. But in the end, I'm going with the Chiefs, 34 to 20. Okay. Um, I hate predictions just because, like, it's football and, like, how do you – it's hard. It's hard to predict football. It's hard to predict a bad team, you know, losing to a good team at times because, you know, sometimes football happens and stuff that you can't explain really just kind of it, – it materializes. And also, I'm happy to say this is one of the rare Super Bowls where I don't actually, like, I genuinely don't care who wins. Now, every year, no matter, even if I'm rooting for a team, I always say I want all the best players to make great plays at some point in the game. So if some, and, and that's holds true for this game. I want Gronk to get a red zone touchdown. I want Mike Evans to, you know, catch a ball in double coverage. I want A.B., um, if he plays, to run like, you know, like a crazy route and turn around, you know, turn around to D.B., Flip side, I want Patrick Mahomes to throw a bomb to Tyreek. I want Travis Kelsey to, like, you know, get lost in traffic and catch a, you know, a seven-yard pass and then run another 15. I want to see the best players make plays. I want to see Tyron Matthew get, like, a backfield, like a tackle in the backfield or an interception. Like, I want to see all the best players on the field make a play. And I honestly can say it does not matter to me who wins this game. Because either way, I think it's a great story. This could be like, you know, the beginning of, you know, like of crowning Patrick Mahomes as the number, undisputed number one. This could be Brady getting a Super Bowl and possibly starting his third Hall of Fame career. Because it seems like at this point he'll play till he's 60. And he might play longer than Patrick Mahomes. Who knows? But I just want to see a really good game. And if I had to pick... Honestly, I think I'd pick Tampa Bay. Yeah. Because I think Tampa Bay is the like the way that they are set up. They are set up like they they have the speed, you know, to neutralize oh, to neutralize pretty much most of the Chiefs offense. They'll have to, you know, obviously have two guys over the top of for Tyree, but they have like they can do this. Like and they have and they have the weapons on offense and like honestly, it's not a given that uh, Kansas City can stop them. Mm-hmm. So I I can't believe it. Like I think I'm picking the I think I'm picking the Bucks. And my Super Bowl my Super Bowl MVP I can't even give you that answer because I mean I guess it'll have to be Tom Brady because if they do win, I don't think it's gonna be because they won a defensive struggle against the Chiefs because you can't like even as much as you can slow the Chiefs down, you'll never be able to fully stop them. So I guess Tom Brady might have to be the MVP. Yeah, I, I can see why you say that. I can see why you say that. Uh, it, it, my dark horse for MVP if the Bucks would win would be Fournette. I mean, really, mm-hmm. because again, I don't 
I, again, I really believe in this uh, secondary. I'm telling you, those guys are really underrated. And, man, this defensive line, if that's the piece, like, they really are the weakness to me because they do, you know, take some time off and they do take plays off. But for Nett, he understands by just by being around Tom Brady what it what it is and what it uh this acts of him. What this team asks of him. We need you to run the ball, we need you to uh hold on to the ball. That he can't catch worth a lick. Like I mean <laughs> catch a goal, really. But you would think that a guy that athletic could, could could you know actually you know be a really good you know receiving back, but ain't everything for everybody, I guess. And uh, if 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 they were ever given an award, if the Bucks would win, I wish they would give it to their head coach. Uh, really, because uh, what he's done this year by assembling this team, I mean, this is spectacular. I just can't say enough. Uh, he has brought a guy in uh, Todd Bowles and a guy in Keith Armstrong, who he's coached at Temple uh, in college, along with him to this team with Byron Leftwich, like he was here last year, mm-hmm. and uh, Harold Goodwin, who is the assistant coach. And he has seven more assistants that are black, and he also has two women. So you have four black men who are really leading the way on this team as four very important, the most important positions behind the head coach is the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special yeah. team coach, yeah. and uh, assistant coach. So just for what he's done with this team, we talk about diversity and mm-hmm. women and giving them a shot to uh, coach at this level, which they do deserve to do, and uh, all the uh, minority men who are getting to uh, – Getting recognized, even on uh, the offense coordinator, Eric Bieniemy. Like this is going to be five plus seven, twelve plus two is fourteen. I mean, wow, man, just wow. So yeah, shout out, to, uh, shout out to Bruce Arians, man, and all yeah, that. Yeah, I do think that Bruce Arians definitely deserves um, um, credit for how he's built probably the most diverse staff in football. Um, also. Something else, um, you know, like Montreal just touched on it. Um, four coordinators are black in the Super Bowl. That, that's a, like that, that's this, a, like that's probably that like not even probably that has definitely never happened. Like, think about this: we haven't had two off, we haven't had two black offensive coordinators face each other in a Super Bowl before. And literally, what was that? That would have been fourteen years ago. We had two black head coaches. Yeah, we had two I mean, black head coaches face off in the Super Bowl. 14 years before we've even had two offensive coordinators. I think that, um, um, you know, and there's a reason that, you know, this is happening. Because, like, you see, if you to be, to be a black offensive play caller, you have to be extremely talented just to even Absolutely. get a foot in the door. Absolutely. All right? Absolutely. And, I, and, and I think, you know, and, we, and I know every, almost every day of the past three or four weeks, I've talked about um, Eric Bieniemy. Getting a job, and also, like, and while that is, you know, an obvious thing, there are also several other black coaches that you know they they deserve to be in a running for a coach job. We we can't just hammer on this one guy because even while it while it is obvious that Eric Bieniemy does you know deserve a head coaching job, 
they're chef, like he's not the only black guy. He's not like like okay if we give one to that black guy, all right, we we've done it. No, yeah, Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich, you know, he made Jameis Winston lead the league in passes and touchdown passes. Tom Brady, also leading the league in touchdown passes at like fifty five years old, or however he however old he's gonna be. We and Byron Leftwich, amazing offensive mind. Todd Bowles. I think he deserves another shot because remember the Jets, the Jets, uh, the Jets fired him after like a season where he took Ryan Fitzpatrick to ten and six. Yeah, and of course they, they just so happened to miss the playoffs because that happens when Ryan Fitzpatrick goes ten and six. But Todd Bowles, he deserves another shot at a head coaching job. And I think that um, Bruce Arians and Andy Reid, they have done uh, like they have done their part um, trying to you know get more black people because always saw we also can't forget um, Andy Reid and Tony Dungy together rehab Michael Vick's image and Andy Reid took a chance on Michael Vick when you know most other teams were like nah that's we're not gonna do that um, so I think that you know I it's you see. This is an example of diversity showing Absolutely. you that this isn't just affirmative action. This isn't just we have to give black people jobs for the sake of doing jobs. It is showing people that, yo, just because somebody is black does not mean they are good for the job. And in a lot Absolutely. of cases, because to be black and to get a job, you have to be so much better than the next person. A lot of times it's, it kind of seems like these black people that, you know, black coaches... They are really good at their jobs because you have to be so good just to even right. get the opportunity. Right. So right. I think we want to. Um, I think we should, you know, definitely salute Bruce Arians and Andy uh, Reid because they, like, they, like, they, they walk the walk. Like they don't, they don't talk about diversity, especially Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians lives that. Like you, you can see his staff and like he's got, he's got two women on his staff. Like and that's like it shouldn't be necessarily that cutting edge right now, but it is. Um, and so I think that that definitely needs to be celebrated. Absolutely. All right. And, and, and this is one last thing. If, if the Bucks do win this, I won't be sad for the Bucks. I won't be. I mean, I won't be sad for Tom Brady. I mean, happy for Tom Brady. I would be happy for the Buccaneers as a team, besides Tom Brady, because just because I just wrote some things down of what they've been through in the last, let's say, fifteen years. The Bucks were the first team to have back-to-back losing seasons. After a Super Bowl, the Bucks have an NFL record twelve consecutive seasons with ten or more losses. Oh, they had it. They didn't make the playoffs in 2009, 2010. So, man, if they do win it, they deserve it. Uh, again, 2002 was a long time ago. Yeah, they had a great defense. Uh, John Gruden pulled some plugs at the beginning when he got uh when he got a couple players, but. Man, this is, I mean, if they do win, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be upset if they win. Uh, I'd be upset if Tom Brady won, but for the first time, I'm happy. Y'all got to get off my Michigan man, Tom Brady, man. Hey, but we ain't going to leave without talking about, uh, oh, we ain't even got to talk about it. Detroit Lions got Jared Goff as a quarterback, everybody. Yeah, yeah, that that um happened. My yeah. guy, um. Yeah. My guy Matthew Stafford is no longer a Detroit Lion. Um, actually, in the very in the next week, I'm writing a piece on that. Um, so, uh, for right now, I'll just say um, that I am very, very happy for him. 
first yeah. off. And I am so disappointed in my organization for absolutely wasting the last three years of his prime with Matt Patricia. Like I, I like and 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 just just the entire like the entirety of the last three years is I mean you could call that basically malpractice. And I'll get into it more on, in, in my piece that you can read on alphawolfsports.blogspot.com. Make sure y'all read that. Yeah, make sure y'all read that. But like, I'm happy that I am. I am. While I am sad that possibly my favorite Lions player of all time, and that might include Barry Sanders, like my favorite Lions player of all time is not is not any longer on the team. Um, I am happy that he is in a spot where he can win and he can show and he can show people that if he is surrounded by competence. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he goes into he goes into a situation where you know not quite unlike uh, not quite unlike how it was in in Detroit because Aaron Rodgers was the king of this division. The same way that Russell Wilson is you know until proven otherwise the king of the West. Absolutely, absolutely. Matthew Matthew Stafford he gave Aaron Rodgers battles. Like, yeah, like even, like even in the in the in the worst at the Lions' worst, the Packers were never like those are always really close games, and the Packers could never just walk into Detroit with a win. A lot of times, the Packers needed help from the refs, but we won't talk about that. Um, but I will say, um, Matthew Stafford, man, good luck. And unless you are playing the Lions, I am rooting for you literally every step of the way because I want I want people to understand that this guy is a really really good quarterback, and now he gets the chance to prove it, you know, on a national stage. I agree. And so also, to, we are winding down here, so we want we want to go over, you know, as per usual, the Super Bowl. Our favorite Super Bowl memory. What is yours, Montreal? That doesn't have to do with the Packers. Oh no, nah, man. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, really, my favorite Super Bowl memory is really uh, I predicted the score of the uh, the uh, the Falcons Patriots game right. Uh, I remember that. Other, uh, you never let us hear the end of that. <laughs> and my other favorite memory, I don't know if you remember this, but I believe I was at uh, we was at a family member house and uh, it was the Seahawks and the Buccaneers, and we were all drinking. And right before this stuff, wait, 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 the Seahawks and the who? The Broncos. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, and I said before out before the uh, second half started, you know, Percy Harvin was gonna take it back. Yes, yeah. I did say that. I did. I know you. Remember, I did say that, and uh, we was just hyped. And everybody was like, "Oh, boy, you said so." It was a pretty cool moment, and uh, that's all I got. I don't really have Super Bowl huh. moments because man, there's so many great Super Bowl. Like really, I can say the Steelers and the the that Steelers Cardinals game. Man, I, I get chills just thinking about that uh-huh. game. That game was amazing. So. Nah, I just yeah. got some from what I did, so yeah, go yeah, ahead. Not, like, I, I have, I have a, um, a, a couple. Like, the Steelers-Cardinals game is actually, you know, one of them because for, for those who don't know, Kurt Warner, my favorite football player of all time. And so I think my first Super Bowl, um, that I, the first Super Bowl I remember watching is Super Bowl 34 with the Rams and Titans. And, our, and Kurt Warner yeah, throwing yeah, a touch, the game-winning touchdown pass to Isaac Bruce. That was amazing. Like, those are my two favorite football players of all time, Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce. But Steve McNair working absolute magic on the on the drive that came up eventually one yard short. Um, the play before, like, people never forget, never remember this play in the great play of the Super Bowl. 
But Steve McNair on the play before Kevin Dyson was one yard short on the on the goal line. He scrambled, got sacked by two defensive linemen, stayed up just in, a, in just in like one in one of the most like ridiculous quarterback like athletic quarterback displays that you can possibly see, and then threw a strike. Like to get to the get the Titans and you know within like what six yards of of the end zone. I remember I remember that play like it was yesterday and like I remember being so upset, but yet at the same time so amazed that you know a quarterback could do that because you know a quarterback you touch a quarterback they're supposed to go down like regardless of whether or not they're in a like, they they can break tackle. But seeing Steve McNair absolutely will the Titans down the field. One of the most amazing things um, that I've ever seen, and, I, and this is something that I will never forget. It might be one of the reasons I fell in love with football in the first place. I agree. So, I agree. All right, but that might do it uh, for us, Montreal. You got any? You got anything to say? Hey, man! Welcome back. Great job being back. Uh, you did a wonderful job, uh, man. It's gonna be a fun game. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for what's to come, man. Really. <laughs> It's going to be good. All right, man. That will do it for us at Family Affair Sports Talk. Montreal, good to be back, man. You know, we we, 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 we working our way up. We're working our way up to number one. Absolutely. And to leave you guys, I have one thing to say. It's a pandemic out here. Stay your asses inside. What's up, everybody? This is Montreal Nelson, and you're listening to Family Affairs Sports Talk, presented by Alpha Wolf Sports.